Matt's going to kill us. Matt's going to kill us. Welcome back to Dyson Salt. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. And we're here this week with uh, Dyson Salt episode 69. Nice. nice. We're also going to be talking about episode 145, Rifling Through Pockets for Loose Change. <laughs> Which is a good title. I uh, I like the title, especially considering what they do. <laughs> yes. it It is. It, it was very much reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the the movie the gamers i don't think so okay well if you get the opportunity go see it or find it watch it i suggest the deluxe version because they fix their sound problem it was a college i don't know project movie or something like that uh okay okay i see and uh it it's it's not bad for you know for what it is it the the effects and everything match up and they don't the budget you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't get out of control. They keep it under control for what they do. But it's all about guys that are gaming. And so you flash between the guys being their characters and the guys being around the table, you know, playing the game. And in one That's part, the, the magic user gets killed and they take a brief moment to reflect on his death. And then all of a sudden, all dibs on this. I get his boots. I get his <laughs> staff. And, you know, I just had this. <laughs> That's what flashed in my head is, you know, we're going through Tiablis stuff. And of course, right. Matt's helping with, well, remember, I have this. And remember, yeah. I had that. And I do have these things that aren't even listed. Apparently, they have their own little, like, uh, recording chat, which none of us can see. Yes. Apparently, they have they have something like that. And they've even blocked us from knowing of its existence. Yeah. It's sad. <sighs> they should just let us into everything. They don't have to let they us don't. speak, but they should let us listen. <laughs> I still think we should do a, a like a, I don't want to say like a live a live reaction to their to, recording, to the recording session. <laughs> that would be so awful. <laughs> oh my god. Way to get us in the room, Toast. I salute you. And Alex is worried about my master plan to get us in the room. Or to get me in the room. He should be watching you. No, I think that would be hysterical. I think that would be wonderful. To be able to react to, you know, to do a live reaction to that. I think it would be fun. I don't know how many times we could do it, but I think it would be fun to do. Uh, I think I know once would be more than enough. Probably. <laughs> I mean, we, we only ever did the one live, uh, live listen. listen. So we're yeah. both listening to it and reacting, you know, in, in real time. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I think it would be fun. I think it would be a fun thing to uh, to pull off. I know I... I enjoy listening in when I can to the uh, uh, War for the Crown. So I imagine yeah. it would be and reacting to that. I imagine it would be a, a lot, a lot of fun. And of course, you know, much more uh, significant since, you know, we're doing Dyson Salt. <laughs> but True. anyway, back to our 69th episode mm -hmm. talking I, about I, 145. Yeah, I, I still don't. I don't know how they won best condiment of 2019. I, I, I don't see them beating ketchup or uh, mustard. Mustard. I was trying to think or of relish. A, a better condiment. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I that's the big three uh, there. Ketchup, yeah. mustard, 
Relish. I mean, if you're really white, I guess you'd say mayonnaise. Blech. No, thank you. You can keep all the mayonnaise and all the ranch. Ranch isn't a condiment. Fair enough. It's a dressing. Is oil and vinegar a condiment or a dressing? Because I put it on my sandwiches. Yeah, that's People just putting put salad on dressing salad. on your sandwiches. <laughs> I have done that. I'll Maybe salt, like... pepper. You, you might go with those, but those have been surpassed by you know ketchup, mustard, and relish, in my opinion. Five minutes later. Anyway, did I lose you? Did I? Are you dead? Did you die from... Uh, from diethyl toast? No. <laughs> diethyl toast. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, sorry, right. couldn't help myself there. No, Whew. you're good. You're good. Um, so There's just some kinda... diametrically opposed comedy going on there. <laughs> well, speaking of dead, Tubelet is dead, and uh, the group is now uh, rabidly fighting over his stuff. With Matt in the background going, yeah, you remember this? You remember this? I have one of yes. these. Oh, don't forget the Iron Stone. <laughs> yeah, but even before they can get to that, if I remember right, we have the flashback. Oh, that's right. We do have a flashback. Grotus is the moon, the dead streets of the ghost of Vigil. And then there's some strange white light cleaning up Vigil that's like moving to demons and demons and devils and blasting them. And then it's coming up to... It's like the Boneyard Cleaner. Yeah, psychopomps and and angels and, and anything Davis unlucky and to be there. Zap, bla- yeah, blasting it with you know the the white light. I I thought I honestly thought what we were going to hit there was like somehow the uh, the radiant fire or something that was now reaching in and wiping out the the ghost version of Vigil. I was like, what the hell? And then I thought, well, why would Tarbafon give a crap? You know, I, I was mean, like, what the heck? And then. It's, doesn't seem like it's even Tarbafon. Yeah, it's a weird snake thing. A, a winged serpent was the description. And then I was like, winged serpent? What the hell? I'm thinking, you know, feathered serpent, Quetzalcoatl, uh, both of which had wings, if I remember correctly, in my mythology. And I was like, so what the hell is this? And then Tiablith ends up in the sewers. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we know what's below the sewers in Vigil. There's that whole little, you know, temple complex down there and everything. And I was, I was about to go, oh yeah, the, you know, sewer gator's back. And I was like, oh wait, no, they killed sewer gator. Oh, because <laughs> yeah, I was like, gator ghost, no more, ghost vigil sewer gator, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm gonna, ma- I was imagining Tiblith going, well, I should just fly over that. That would be easy. Well. <laughs> If I threw in one of these convenient dead bodies, that might appease whatever is in the water. Nah! <laughs> I, I totally was having, imagining this in my head. It was it was a good time. It was a good time in there. So you're saying the episode was much better in your head. I wasn't I saying it was much listen. better in my head. I was just imagining a lot of a enhancements. <laughs> no, not a better a- episode. That's not what I said. <laughs> I was wanting hey. more and to go more in this direction, mm-hmm. not that I was dissatisfied with what I had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to watch your episode now. I, I, it was pretty, pretty cool. I got to admit. <laughs> and then there was the portal opens up and pulls him through. And I was like, what is that shit? Yeah, that was because I, I, I always thought that the portals were from uh, the psychopomps, right? But from, from Umble and Thute. But uh, this one apparently was not. Uh, well, this I one think was far more sinister. 
Yes, yes. Oh and God. it was very interesting that it was very clearly uh, an undead. Mm-hmm. And I should, oh, you're another deviation or whatever, abomination. Don't I should tell Master about you. Huh? Isn't this the 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 Tarbefon's guy on the outside? The I think guy? that's, I, I want to say that's who it was. I don't. Gaius, Gaius, no. Uh, uh, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what's uh, his name? Yeah, now you got me on Gaius and I'm stuck. Yeah, because my brain went to Gaius Baltard. I'm like, no, that's a Battlestar Galactica thing. Not a. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where that came from in my head. But yeah, I, I thought it was him. But then Tiboth just kind of passes out and ends up in Vigil, the actual Vigil. So we're not exactly sure what happened to him. Right. So then is he dead, undead? I don't know. Is he a ghost? We, well, we, we I, don't I get anything. This was, well, I think this was the previous time, right? Where? No, I don't think so. I think this was after his. You know, was it after? Because I never, I didn't consider this to be after his death at all. I, I thought this was like a. I think it, it wouldn't was be a flashback at that point. It would just be a. This is what happened to Teoblith. <laughs> this is what happened to his soul after he, you know, cannoned his own face. Yeah, but why? Why leave a my thinking would be why leave a cliffhanger on a character who'd already gotten there why not just take him through to the escape or the where he now links back up to the party which is back in verilich where we first meet him at that weird place that's been ruined so that only undead can be there my thought was it was more of like a they'd already written this and they wanted to use it anyway so despite the fact that he's dead they're still going to give you the the backstory but no that makes but, sense but what i'm saying is is then why not continue enough of the backstory to link it so we clearly know it's a backstory fair enough that i don't know maybe they're planning see the the way something. it got left i thought for sure he, and we'd are i thought tiablith had already talked about going through umble and thute and some of the things we'd already gone through that's and true i believe alex said tiablith finds himself back in vigil again huh I, I thought now, you know, Maybe again, I completely I, I may have just completely misheard the or mis misunderstood the context, which I, is it entirely could, possible. It could be me as well. This is, but this anyway, is either way, I found it. Uh, Gildeus. <laughs> Gildeus was his name. See, I wasn't wrong. I mean, I was I was clearly wrong, but I wasn't. You weren't far off. I wasn't far off. Yeah, it was. A, it was a close wrong. Yeah, it was, it was a hand grenade. That's right. It was a hand grenade away. Uh, I think after that, that's when they start going for his uh, stuff. Yes, then they go. Then they get into going through his stuff, which was which was entertaining. (laughs) And like I said, when I did the whole, you know, flashing to the gamers in there, you know, dibs on his boots. Yeah. Well, speaking of the boots specifically, are the thing that I wanted to to mention, just because Elias basically now has a normal movement speed you know he can move 30 feet oh good for him yeah because his his heavy armor i think was weighing him down so he only had 20 he still can't charge a full 60 he can only charge up to to 50 but his movement normally is now 30 feet which is nice or i think the haste only goes up to 50 because his his base speed is only 20 oh because it's an enhancement yeah so so it it doesn't stack it replaces and then it it only uh it only goes to 50 it doubles up to plus 30. Yeah. 
So if your movement is a 20, then you get 40. You don't get 50. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice that he now has that, that kind of movement. So he might be able to get into to combat a little quicker. I don't know how that's going to go for Joe, to be honest. He'll forget. Well, <laughs> I, the forgetting is inevitable. Well, that's, but that's I just mean his he's playing a medium. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that is not a combaty character, right? Uh, on most things, sure. But he's playing the the champion like 99% of the time, which is a combat frontline fighter. That's why he's always rushing up to the front to shovel things. So Okay, let's be clear here about Joe. Joe would be rushing up to the front to hit things with his shovel and has been yes. this entire campaign. Yes, regardless of whether he should be or not. Even but. as Randolph, playing Randolph, Joe was having Randolph follow Thalias, who kept manifesting, you know, ectoplasmic shovels to smack people in the face. Right. But I think the the medium in this, the spiritual medium or whatever it is, is specifically built, if you channeled the champion, to be like a frontline fighter. Okay. Because he, well, could, he could channel the, the Hierophant and be the healer. But, you know, the other thing he, he wants he to do, he don't want to, he doesn't want to lose his, you know, login streak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could help the party. Nah. It's like, but then I'm not going to keep my login streak. and I need that. I need to keep the consecutive days up. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> I, I will say this. I, I, you know, we're, we're, we're dogging on Joe and, and for valid reasons. But I will say this. He has been playing his characters, including the medium, mm -hmm. extremely, extremely well. I mean, he's oh. been paying attention to what they can do and and his positioning oh, yeah. and, uh, you know, everything about it. He's really been been playing up. Yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and give him like uh, 30 points for this episode. Put him on top I, for the leaderboard. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh, man. We should Just, bust one of those out again. <laughs> I did It'll help from Alex. Nick. Yeah. I did just remind him, Nick. Hey, yeah. you, I think you slipped behind there. Yeah. Oh, God. No, no I think I think Utra did pretty well in the last episode for points. So He, he did. He He's did. He's still up on the leaderboard. He did. Uh, uh, it's good times. Good times. But uh, we uh, they decide to spend the night in the dungeon in their little hut which apparently gets made out of whatever materials are around. So in this case, vines and ferns. <laughs> yes. Which is kind of a neat, a neat thing. But, well, it had uh, stone. There's stone down there too. So, but yeah. Okay. They get a stone floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the, uh, you know, the last watch, there's like another knock on the door or the wall, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think the way they positioned it, there was no way for anyone to get in. Because it, yeah. it took up the space and the door had nowhere to open onto, which is a, yeah. a, a solid strategy. Although if you encounter anything big that wants in, it's tearing through that thing and your shelter goes kaplooey. Yes. But, but yes, there's a knock on the door. Oh, but before the knock on the door, oh, before the knock on the door, or maybe when the new character arrives, I don't know. I just have a note here that I want to, I want to be sure to call out. Which is that Alex remembers our genus has a thing for Erasne. Oh yeah, this was after after um, Velbar. Oh, okay, Velbar my bad. I thought up. it was I. The way I have my note and the way I put the name down, it looked like I got it. I got it mixed up, folks. No, no, no. You you have it right. It says new character incoming, and then you know 
Alex remembers, but that's the way it happened because he shows up, Uhtred wakes up Arginus and says, don't freak out, but they're calling us the Phrasma 4. And that's where Alex also cut in with, oh yeah, by the way, Arasni said she likes you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you had it in the right order. What? Okay, I did then. Good. Phew. Gosh. <laughs> but I the, the, the really important part about this is we remember our genius has a thing for, is supposed to have a thing for Arasni. Alex remembers our genius is supposed to have a thing for Arasni. Tom <laughs> clearly has clearly not remembered. Yeah. Or he is role playing the coolest, I don't care, girl, <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. He's, he's so cool. She doesn't even know. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't even have a clue. Who are you again? I'm the Phrasma 4, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's like, uh-huh. And if you don't get out of here, you're going to be the Phrasma 4 pieces. Yeah, yeah. It'll be the Phrasma 3 they're singing about if you don't yeah. leave now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Matt introduces his new uh, character, which is Valbar Fiddlestitch, which is a, a gnome mesmerist, which I, I guess I was close last time he stuck with the occult list but didn't pick the psychic like i would have preferred or not preferred but like i guessed hey all i knew is i took a shot way out there because i mean he's run the gamut that is true i I think he's he's going for um joe's record from skull and shackles for number of characters played (laughs) let's see in one ap in one ap yes and i believe now he's at uh Four, five, five. Is it five? Because there's See, Rogue Yar, uh huh, Crix, uh huh, Brillator, the monk, yeah, Tiablith. Oh, you're right. It is five. This, Velbar. this is number five. Or is it? Or is it Valbar? I don't know. Or is I it thought it was Velbar. I thought or it was Valbar. Velbar. I don't know. <laughs> now you just put weird directions on it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure we'll get corrected. I'm sure we will. I I thought it was Valbar, but it could be Valbar. Either way, it's a it's an adorable little gnome with uh uh what did he call adorable? it? Adorable? I didn't get adorable. I got creepy oh, as hell. No, I loved him. I thought he was adorable. He's like he's he's this little gnome with like the little deer skull on his face and like the little demon eyes, and I'm just like that is adorable, and I love him. I uh, <laughs> now see, I, I was I, mesmerist in my mind. Velbar is is the creepy little gnome. He's got whatever bones he's got, but when he takes it off, he's got the big anime, you know, anime sad eyeballs or crying eyeballs or whatever, <laughs> you know, that stuff they do, you know, a la Teen Titans go. Is that anime? <laughs> you know, they do it in anime. I just can't, you know, recount the animes I've seen it in because, you know, they may or may not have been adult only. <laughs> okay. I just, I don't know. I, I felt, I, I definitely fell in love with this character. I sent Matt a, uh, a gif. It's the, the Rosa from Brooklyn nine, nine when she gets the dog, you know? And it's like, um, yes, yes. <laughs> I've only had the dog for a day and a half, but uh, anything happens to him. I'd kill everyone in this room. And then myself. <laughs> nice. Very nice. I sent that to Matt. Cause I'm just like, I love this character. I love him so much. <laughs> So I'm very He's definitely for- landed with a with a solid uh you know kerplop. <laughs> I 
I don't know. I like him. So I, I'm, I'm especially the, the fact that all of his stuff can affect undead, which is really cool with all the mind affecting stuff, which I enjoyed. But it's neat. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how it plays out mm-hmm. uh, and what he can do, especially uh, with the undead. One of the characters that I'm playing right now, uh, Psychic, he has a, uh, oh, what the hell do they call it? Phrenic Amplification, where I can, my mind affecting stuff can affect undead. And nice. so I'm, I'm looking to see how, uh, how, I'm looking forward to see that really come into play. I, obviously, it's, he's not a psychic. It's not going to be a frank application, but that affecting the undead with mind affecting stuff, I think is going to be really cool for the mesmerist to use. And I'm looking forward to seeing it, especially from a different class angle, you know, right. to see how much fun he can have with it. I was very pleasantly surprised and shocked by the greater object possession that Tiablith was using. Because mm-hmm. that just, you know, I'm grabbing a golem. Joke Mine on that. Now. Mine now. It's a good thing yeah. he did, too, yeah. in the end. In the end, it is. Yeah, if he hadn't done that, he'd just be dead. I mean, he's still dead, but he wouldn't have gotten to say his, you know, goodbyes. He wouldn't have gotten to, you know, shoot his balls into Umbarno's face. <laughs> he wouldn't have gotten to say his, you know, his his own uh, eulogy. And then, you know, balls to the face to go out on himself. <laughs> Tebow died as he lived. Cannonballs everywhere. <laughs> yeah, balls to the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt's going to kill us. Matt's going to kill us. I offered him a chance to come on and record with us. He said he wasn't up for it. So he, he gets what he gets. Well, I, you know, I, it's not punishment. <laughs> don't it don't is, it, express it as punishment. Okay. Frankly, we were going to make cannonball ball jokes regardless of whether he was here or not. That was going to happen. It's just it could have been funnier. It could have been funnier. <laughs> it could have been funnier last episode. This is true. We did refrain from making the ball jokes last episode. But now that we're in episode 69. We have to. It's, it's like we have mandatory. To. That's right. <laughs> um, I guess they don't really do anything else for the rest of this episode. Like, that's kind of the end of it. I think they find well, a door. Well, no, they find a door. And then we'll open it next week. Right. So, like I said, they didn't really do anything else the rest of this episode. They just kind of ended. <laughs> but I'm... I, I'm going to say again, because this one was the, you know, and we found a door for our cliffhanger. I really love the timing of the cliffhangers in this AP. It has not gotten old, this AP. It's been, you know, it's it's just been on the right notes and hitting it. And it just continues to do that. And I'm just super impressed that they've been maintaining it because we're in book five now. Mm-hmm. And at any point here, any of this stuff can be, you know, boring, predictable, etc yeah and it, it just it still seems to hit the right note for me at least knowing that they're just... going to do it and they're still hitting something that i'm like that's that's good that's funny that's cute that's whatever you know it's still eliciting the positive um, reaction i think it's just alex getting better at his you know dming and you know podcast skills wait are you trying to say that alex wasn't the perfect game master before this started and that he, perhaps he's grown over the course of these? I mean, yes. Are you sure you want to say that? What? Why would I not want to say that? I don't know. I mean, he's over 35. He's kind of past his prime. Yeah, but, you know, I'm trying to think of a good joke here, and I'm not getting it. Um, 
Hey, I already did the one, the obvious one. That's that. Yeah, that's what I, I was building up to. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like, trying to think of like, oh, oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, sometimes your golden years are golden for a reason. I don't know. That didn't make any sense to me. Anyway, we should leave now. I trust you to, you know, through the magic of editing, make it all perfect. <laughs> that works for me. You ready to, to go out with a bang? That's right. Let's take episode 69 out just the way we brought it in. Nice. <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I mean, I always salt the tomatoes because, one, it dries them out so they don't, like, become a huge mess, but also it makes them taste better. And two, it, you know, takes away the fact that they're poisonous. It neutralizes it. Huh? Tomatoes aren't poisonous. They are if you serve them from lead plates. Where did lead plates come into this? (laughs) That's what started the myth that tomatoes were poisonous. They were served on plates with lead paint or on literally on lead plates because they used to use lead for plates and silverware. I didn't know that. And there was something about tomatoes when they were first discovered that they didn't, Europeans didn't like them in the first place. They're like, Ooh, those things are icky. And then serving them on lead plates, people were getting lead poisoning and dying. So they were poisonous. So a guy had to actually eat tomatoes off of a non lead plate Right, so off something that wasn't lead, and then prove he wasn't poisoned. So he but had to eat him and not die for what a year, uh, his whole life. Because I don't know, poisoning is an accumulated toxin. Like, well, I don't know. know. I mean, <laughs> lead plate. You'd have to eat a lot. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe tomatoes have a thing where they suck up poisons and transfer it faster. I don't know. I don't think that's how. I, I see. Now I have to look it up. Look it up. It blew my mind. But yeah, there's a there's very much a, a racial component, which is I believe tomatoes are from the New World. And so the Europeans were like, no, we don't want any of that New World crap. You know, oh, that's only for the strange people. I see what they did. You're right. The tomatoes definitely had a made it worse. The, the acid in the tomatoes leached the lead directly out of the plates. Ah, so there you were, go. They were. They were consuming a lot of lead all at once. That's, that's, okay. Okay. See? I could see that. So I told you the truth. You did. I just, I I always. I didn't remember the mechanic. Yeah. And I always thought of lead as being like a, an accumulated poison, which it is. But like, if you accumulate a lot all at once, it's still deadly. (laughs) Right. And it probably, the amount you have to accumulate is a lot less. Maybe a lot less to be lethal than say. I don't know, mercury or something else that also accumulates. See, and for the record, I don't know what the doses are on lead or mercury. Unless we're talking about lead that is projected out of a firearm, in which case I can show you an amount that is deadly. (laughs) That's not really lead poisoning the way we understand it. Right. It's more like a lead injection.